first ask if I'm known as Andrew Kickball still in your phone. Yes, so firstly, <laughs> um, let me see it right now. Let's look. Um, let's see it in the, this text thread. Yes, Andrew Kickball. Oh my God. <laughs> we have not ever played kickball. No, but you played kickball. Yeah, and no. that's how it was the identifier yeah, for know. you. Have you ever thought about how you met your first friends? Yeah, it was, I met you. Um, we talked about, thank you. Um, we talked about kickball and uh -huh. you became, when we exchanged numbers, you became Andrew Kickball. And you have been ever since. Yeah, I used to be Andrew Kickball, but I don't think I, I was like, I don't think you, you and I have ever played on the same team. Maybe Sloshball. I don't think, I have never played. I went to Sloshball once, but I never played. played. Yeah. Time is a flat circle, so you get the years wrong. The places we go to are mixed up or out of order, or you just can't remember exactly what happened in what year. How many years ago was that? Like when we met, do you know? It was before the cookbook, so it was before 2000. I think like 2014. Yeah, 2014. Like, 2014, I, I have 2015. I think back when I met Kiwi, and then because we know each other through Kiwi and Aaron. Mm -hmm. And I was really happy to like find that kickball team to play yeah. with. And, and you I, met them through kickball? Yeah. I think oh, nice. I, because I started with a kickball team early on with a bunch of other friends that were playing kickball just for a change of pace from softball. And then we stopped. And then I think we start, started like, five, so maybe it was like me. I think it was 2013. When did you move here? When I moved 2014. 14. So. And and I met I I met Kiwi at Aaron's so May. In May. Okay. And then a couple months later, was it December nights? Our first so then, our first group outing was December nights. Yes. Yeah. So then, I don't know if I met you that day or if we had all gone to December nights. Maybe that was our first time meeting as friends. But but it doesn't matter because there's nothing like living in the moment and enjoying the now with your friends. That means we met 2014. Okay. 2015? I don't know. 2014. <laughs> That's my friendship with my friend, Spencer Rule. San Diego, California, this is Social Dragonfly, a podcast about an assortment of topics, but mainly about myself getting to know more about the people around me. And I'm your host, Andrew Lee. So, as I said for this podcast, I'm going to interview some people I know, some that I may be briefly known, some a couple years, and some like today's guest I've known for seven to eight years, depending on exactly what we remember. Spencer's a great friend for someone I meet up with on occasion or go on a trip with other friends on a, for example, this trip to Big Bear Lake. We record this at the Pines Tavern Bar on the lake in Big Bear Lake. Um, you may hear a fair amount of noise and music when we're there and also talk to the wait staff occasionally. So please enjoy my conversation with Spencer. Yeah, yeah. So I lived South Park. South Park, then Idaho. Yeah, North Park. South Park, North Park, then to Claremont. But yeah. I lived in South Park, North Park for f four years, a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it crazy just to think back, like, Yeah. all that? Yeah, it really is. It's crazy to think I've been here for seven years, but then, like, to think of all of the stuff we've done. Like, again, just, like, even thinking about, like, your cakes. Mm -hmm. Like... You made the the, the uh, we made a marble cake together. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we made the marble glaze cake together. We made I think that's the last cake we made together. You oh, made the mirror, the mirror glaze. Mirror glaze, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. the mirror glaze cake, and then you made the star sun cake, mm -hmm. um, which was for my first annual end of summer <laughs> party, and then you made the. Um, the my birthday cake with the pillars. 
And then you made, I think there was another one in there. I can't remember. That's just crazy. There might have been another one, yeah. Oh, you made my birthday cake last year. You made my 31st birthday cake. What was that one? Shoot, I have oh to like think God. back to what it was. <laughs> it was at your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, wrote, I was like writing that down. I was like, which birthday was that? It was like yeah. last year, duh. Yeah. Like, what kind of cake was that? I forget. It was delicious. I think it was, oh, it's, I think it might have been like a tiramisu cake maybe. Yeah, I can't remember, but it was so good. Um, yeah, just the cakes that you baked over the yeah. years. It's just so like... It has to be a special occasion. For didn't me. didn't we raffle off a cake too? Didn't we do a giveaway? Who won that? Julie? Somebody won a cake. I had a raffle for my own thing, and then I think it never got. If Julie's listening to this, eventually I need to make you like some macaron, macarons <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, because we did a. a... Fr- I had a friend. I started learning how to make French macaron. Oh yum! And those are every time you make one. Like four are awful because they crack <laughs> or something. So it's like, but that was for Lazy Babe, I think. Yeah. Trying to do that. Yeah, Lazy Babe. We did a we did a cookbook cake giveaway for the San Diego yeah. area, and I forget who won. Somebody won. Yeah. Oh, who knows? <laughs> so long ago. Yeah. Um, I remember. Do remember going to a bar with like a couple copies, I think, and. I think my bride just saw oh, two yeah. or three. Yeah, that was on that was the launch party. Yeah. So you bought copies at the launch party and then I went to like the Belching Beaver and yeah. I sat there and I was like Oh, I could totally I was like so buy this one. I was gonna like buy multiple copies and just give them away. I definitely have given them one away. Yeah. Just for as a, a present or something because they're yeah. 420 friendly. Yeah. Crazy. So the 420 cookbook was just a labor of love of like an idea you thought. <sighs> yes, when I was 18 mm-hmm. in college, I was like the foodie stoner. So like I would get super stoned and think of these ideas. Mm-hmm. And someone told me, you should write this shit down and make a cookbook. And I did exactly that. So it started in a notebook. And then it just like evolved into this crazy thing, like um, nerd ropes with donuts on it. Have you ever had a nerd rope with donuts on it? That didn't make it into the cookbook. What's a but, nerd like, rope? It's like um, taffy with nerds wrapped around it, or like stuck to it, and and you string donut I holes can on it. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's delicious. But no, so that's how it started, and then like. I started teaching in um, after college, and I knew I wanted to move to California. Uh, sorry, background noise. Um, I knew I wanted to move to California, and like I knew I wanted to write the cookbook, and I couldn't write a stoner cookbook in Pennsylvania. So it was like, all right, I'm doing it. And then I moved, and then it was like, all right, this is like what you want to do, so do it. And it took a very long time. <laughs> But it, I made it happen. Actually, moving out to California, to Pennsylvania, that was the main reason why. Just to have this, the right kind of atmosphere yep. to kind of to harbor and like feed your like ideas yeah. and mindset. Yeah, there was nowhere I could have sold it in Pennsylvania. There was like the the like commu- the 420 community is like a hidden like uh, illegal community. You know what I mean? Back then, yeah. Back then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was super illegal. Like, the, um, so coming out here was like I had to 100%. Like there was no ifs, ands, or buts. If I wanted to do that, then it needed to happen out in California. So I admire the admire the risk you took to do that because for me to move down here was just having a job that I felt, or I had to like find it. So actually, moving down here for me, I found a job that would take me, and yeah. that's why I moved down here. Well, yeah. That, but you, but you, you fed your passion to come down here, come over here. Yeah. And yeah, and then again, I was like a special ed teacher. So once the cookbook started to get real, real, that I was gonna like publish this cookbook. Even out in California, it was like, okay, well, you can't be a teacher and be producing a 420 cookbook. Oh, yeah. So that would also, like, I completely, it was a huge factor. Like, I remember calling my mom and I was like, 
hey, I'm doing the 420 cookbook and like it's actually happening. I'm actually like I'm gonna make it happen and I can't be a teacher anymore to do it. So I'm gonna have to change jobs. And I remember her saying, don't do anything you're gonna regret. Basically saying like, don't do it. <laughs> and um, and so that was like a huge factor why I changed careers too. Like there was multiple reasons, but like I couldn't have done that book and been per like pushing that book into the world and had the job that I had. So that's how I that's how I landed. Like I left teaching and landed a gig at um, an active work company. And I remember I know I know how it ended. So we don't really have to talk about that. But how was it going from that industry to working in like mar marketing, right? And so Amari was definitely like a joke no. <laughs> it was definitely um, don't get me wrong it was like a real startup like I started in customer service yeah. um, but it was a housewife I shouldn't say this but it was a housewife's hobby like she the woman who created it was like buku rich and just needed a job so she created an activewear company and that job was comfortable like it was I got very it was not challenging it was not riveting it was like very just like him ho is that like a actual saying him ho I don't know what the word is but yeah, like huh? I I was there for four years and um and there was like no growth opportunity we weren't making any money it was just very like um I it was cush like I could do I could work there and create my cookbook there like I would sit in the afternoons and just sit on BuzzFeed all afternoon like oh. it was definitely like I could have I would have stayed at Amari forever if they hadn't closed down which would have been horrible for me um so when Amari did like shut down and they were like hey we're, we're closing our doors that was petrifying that was like holy crap what am I gonna do I've been sitting on my ass for the past four years like pretending to be like a customer service rep in a marketing like I ran there I ran an Instagram and a and a Facebook feed and did photo shoots and and it was like a joke mm -hmm. so then I was like all right well I'm gonna look for executive assistant jobs and I'm gonna look for marketing jobs and and I got a interview with a huge company for marketing and I bullshitted my way <laughs> through that interview I have every interview they did at my at my old job um, I was like they're gonna know I'm full of shit I was like every single one I was like there's no way I'm gonna get another interview I don't know what any of these words mean that I looked up yeah I remember you like really scared about like all how this is gonna like go and stuff and yeah just, I, I yeah that, that that was brave too like I, I know what you feel feeling with like the working at a place for three four years was cushy for me i worked the same place for three and a half years uh -huh. and they didn't really challenge me i got a lot of frustration working there and then after about like a year and a half of work they thought well i feel like you should probably move on to something else because like they didn't need me so i didn't work for another year or so after that being in fear one year first year looking for another job yeah because they said We'll give you time, look for another job. And then after, I couldn't find one for that much time. They go, well, we're going to demote you a little bit. We're going to give you a demotion uh -huh. and a cut until you find something. And it was just, I felt like, well, I'm glad I had a job to get, like, a paycheck. But also, it really didn't challenge me. All I, all I knew is what to look for in my next job and not to... I guess for me, I did like start developing like bad habits or something. At your, like, at your old job. At my old job that I spent way too long at. I felt like maybe I was, you know, just called out by the boss. Like you are, you're being a little lazy or something. Yeah. So you need to like, and now I don't take that stuff for granted. I, I totally thought this was going to be an in-between job. Yeah. Before I found something that I really liked. Well, didn't you also, so wasn't this like part of your story is like you were at that job and then you bought your house. And it was like right after you bought your house that was, they were like, or was it before you it bought was before. your house? I worked at another place for like nine months. Oh, wow. I bought, I, it was a good paying job that gave me the like, the financial resume. It's like you can apply yeah. for a mortgage and get it. And then three months later, I got laid off. Uh, yeah, so like half the company got laid off. And this job that I end up staying for like three plus years or so was like kind of a my save, saving 
yeah. grace to like be able to keep the house and still stay here yeah. and not move back. Not that finding a job in the Bay Area where I'm from is easy to find. Either, yeah. So yeah, just understanding like being at a place for a little longer than you wanted to, uh-huh. and then developing bad habits. Oh yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to assume you're. Oh, I did. Ha- oh, I did. I developed bad habits oh. and stuff. Towards the towards the end of Amari, I was leaving there at like two forty five. Like my day was supposed to end at five, and I was like, "Well, I'm done for the day." Like we all knew the end was coming, and it was just like, "How long are they going to keep us all on?" Yeah. And like, I like. Again, I don't take that for... I'm with you. I don't take that situation for granted at all. But it was like... It took this woman coming in as like a consultant, a marketing consultant. And she was like, you're living under this this uh, marketing manager's shadow when you're doing all the work. I'm giving you the title of marketing manager. And thank God she gave me that title. Basically, it like, meant nothing. Like, it, well, it, didn't, it, didn't, it wasn't that it meant nothing. But that title is what got me into... That title in my background. It described like, what you did more than whatever yeah, you were given. Yeah, because in reality, I was someone who just, like, put together an Instagram feed. But being mm-hmm. having the title of marketing manager on my LinkedIn made this other company say, like, oh, she's a marketing manager. And like I said, I Googled. I Googled marketing manager, and I Googled the buzzwords, and I got the, I got the other job. And luckily, with that other job, it was such a – it was, like – from zero to nine thousand in like in a matter of months. Like I was coming home every day from that job crying every day because I just didn't understand. I needed help. It was like I was thrown into the deep end. Um, um, I was thrown into the deep end. I um, and I was like drown. I was is it drowning? I was drowning. <laughs> Drowning. Yeah, maybe that's a good yeah. Um, but that crash course at that other company, that crash course in marketing, was the best thing that ever happened to me. I would be nowhere, or I would—I don't know where I'd be if. I mean, probably not nowhere because I have fight. It's, drive, it's almost like you interned there for a bit and learned as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, I worked with like the biggest social media platforms out there. Like I like was working with TikTok reps before TikTok was even like, it, I was working with TikTok um, planning campaigns when Donald Trump was trying to shut TikTok down in the United oh, States. Wow. Okay. So like I was running like multi-million dollar campaigns three months into into marketing, into being a marketer. So then that took me again to my next gig. But like um, I got, I don't know. I like, I mean, like I said, I like dream big. But like, I, um, yeah, I, I, even at like that marketing gig, I was being underpaid and, and under, undervalued. So they lost a lot of, uh, workers because of that. So sucks, but. That place you left Amari for. Yeah. Yeah. And that was also crazy because I, um, Amari was shutting down. I think it was like November they told us and we had till December and, um, I interviewed at this other place, but I didn't think I was going to get it. And I didn't think I was going to, like, I was still working at Amari when the other place, uh, gave me like an offer and I didn't think I was going to get it. So I went to my hairdresser and had her dye my hair purple. Like I was like, F it, I'm going crazy. So I had to start at this corporate job in January and I had bright purple hair. Do you remember that? This was January 2020, wasn't it? Yeah. No, 2019. 2019, okay. Yeah. I think 2019. I do remember your purple hair. Wait, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I had, well, I mean, I had purple hair, I had pink hair, I had blue hair, I had all the colors of the rainbow, but like, I, I had to walk in, like I said, to this corporate, corporate job with magenta hair and it was just like who is this girl walking in here like uh, one also don't know what the heck I'm doing tatted up like to this corporate America job and that's I feel that same way because now I wear where I, I work we have similar I work in the healthcare industry now but in marketing and I have I'm the only person that has like a full sleeve and and like this job that I'm at now is very strict. So like if someone were to be offended by my tattoos, I would have to cover them. Oh really? Yeah. So that's yeah, it's crazy at what company to company have with those that policy. Yeah. 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 Well we um interestingly enough, like 
they have like very strict social media policies. They have very strict like it's a very old school company. Like the CEO started it like in his garage, like every big conglomerate or whatever. But like the the handbook is like ancient text and it's like you can't even wear like you can't wear rubber soled shoes and I'm like what does that mean like I guess sneakers or flip flops or whatever maybe it's the noise they might I don't, when I, you walk in it's a, their dress code is from ancient times like you, like it, the dress code luckily we're, none of us are in office but like the dress code. I don't. I don't have anything that would pass the dress code right now. So, wow. I never. And I also started that job, COVID. So I have never actually been in that office. So that was interesting too. Isn't it fun, like joining a company during COVID? <laughs> yeah, ish, ish. I didn't think I could do it. So the fact that I did, that was pretty awesome. So. You never stepped foot in their office yet. Everything has been from home. Or? I went one day. I went one day to give them like my social and like my banking information, and my boss took me to like our floor and showed me their section, and then I went home. It was like literally from like 8:50 in the morning to 9:15. And then I went home that day and set up my computer and stuff. They still have the, they still have the offices there, just can't be inhabited. Correct, yeah. And again, being in the healthcare industry, it was like, we're going to go back in January. And then Delta came. And it was like, we have zero, like, zero idea if we'll ever go back. So. Yeah. Yeah, same. Sort of same with me. I joined my current company December 2020. It was right in the middle of COVID. There's no vaccines yet. Um, my first two months were from home because I was waiting for a, a robot or instrument to be installed before I had any reason to be in the office. And when I go, like, you have to wear the mask and everything and just yeah. report whether or not you're feeling okay or something like that. But that first two months, doing all my things from home. So I used to work, like, 37 miles away. Oh, my commuting. gosh. It took about an hour, hour ten sometimes. Yeah. To leaving that old job and then working from home for two two months which in hindsight I could have gotten a pet and like got acclimated to that pet and yeah. like realized that I've always thought that I was like shoot I could have done that but then going in when I need to to help with the lab and stuff and doing things and then my company start open a new building up eventually so get get prepared to like get that place launched up but but work it in this other building for a time being yeah to do that but it's crazy just but i think back i joined that company in the middle of covid i yeah. cannot believe that i did that because i don't know about you but all my interviews were I had like a couple interviews. I did have to have interviews before where I had to do presentations and stuff uh-huh. like that. It's crazy, everything. Well, I think it's also crazy that I didn't see you for like a year. Like I remember the first time seeing you was um, was you brought over Christmas cookies, like Christmas 2020, and you sat six feet away on the porch. No, I made, I made cookie treats for everyone's Dog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a yeah. Yeah, yeah. You made you made treats and and then so that was that was Christmas time. Yeah. And then I had my thirtieth birthday in May and we did social distancing birthday for my thirtieth birthday. Oh, yeah, and the little back lot. Yeah. 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 And it was hotter than blue blazes. It was like <laughs> yeah. nine. It was like ninety degrees. And oh, we were sitting yeah. in the baking sun, six feet apart from each other. With like a little, I think it was a table in the middle or something. Yeah. That yep. was. That was great just to be able to see everyone then, but yeah. just, it was probably not the best day. Yeah, I think it was right after then where I, like, got a, a quarantine club together where I, like, it was, I think I was safe, 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 like, March through whenever, through May, and then it was like, I need, I needed some social interaction, so I started doing, like, social distancing things, but it's crazy, it's crazy, like, to think about that, it feels like it was six years ago but also yesterday it does feel like we've been doing this for a while huh? yeah uh, who would have guessed no not me I would have thought geez well just 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 life is done after that really honestly just thinking back like that first year was tough definitely tough yeah like my old work it happened during my old work and 
we just like started like coordinating times being in one big room uh-huh. and then eventually just being like clean hygienic and like yeah. not you're sick don't come and just, yeah it's just a really a guesstimation like people there were like a lot of scientific smart smarty smarty pants at my company that knew more about this and how we should how to be careful and stuff like that yeah but it also made me hypersensitive and hyper like almost like a hypochondriac. Yeah. Like I remember like visiting some friends with masks and gloves on and let's just and until I learned about a pod like atmosphere where you yeah. have a quarantine like room where they yeah. don't go anywhere else except yeah. meeting each other and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Well, now we're in Big Bear. <laughs> and now we're Big Bear. Yeah. We're in Big Bear. This just... is second time we've been to Big Bear together. Yeah. First time was the summer. That water yeah. is probably just as cold. It was freezing. Probably freezing. It's more freezing today yeah. than back in the summer. Uh, are you surprised that our friendship has lasted so long? I honestly, I thought meeting you at first, just another person, because early on moving down here, I just wanted to meet more and more people. Because uh-huh. those first couple years were almost a little, slightly, almost slightly depressing for me. Oh, same. My I, first couple of months. Like I worked at a new, I, my first company I moved down here for. I knew minimal people. I would like bike ride or just hike and just do things and stuff. And it wasn't until like meeting one person at work that knew had a whole bunch of like a small group of people that they mm-hmm. he already did things with to play like kickball yeah, randomly kind of like propelled me to meet you. That was exactly what almost exactly what happened to me, but different circumstances where it was like no friends, no friends, no friends. I met a girl. She invited me to a happy hour. And then it just took off. But I wasn't going to stay in California much longer because I was so depressed. So it took, like, meeting Betty and all of those, and Aaron and all of those people. And then being, like, I met Aaron, like, a couple, like, maybe a week or two weeks. Maybe couldn't have been more than three weeks before her, her and Kiwi's Memorial Day party. And that's where I met Jen and I met a bunch of people, but I'm the same way. It was like, and then I met you and, and I didn't think we were going to be like BFFs, buds like we are. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't, but I, I knew like, I just, I wanted to like know enough people just so yes. I knew the people and stuff. I was trying, I main goals moving down here is just to open up and first two years I was probably still closed off a little bit but I really want to open up and meet new people well you did yeah you sure did and like this will be my in June will be my 10th year living in Slavonia um and that's like nothing to just kind of like no that's like huge yeah because I back when I lived in the Bay Area I was pretty much not doing anything yeah like I had a couple friends. I worked at a, my last job before moving here was I was there for like twelve years. Yeah. And that's a long time. But I knew I met a whole bunch of people. Yeah. In that place, eventually, it was a it was academic institution. But I met a lot of different foreign exchange students, foreign international students, international people, and then they all eventually like did their time and moved back to where they were yeah. from. And I just. At the end, I didn't know anyone. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it'll be eight years for me in August. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's like, (laughs) I feel like I've been like 20 different women in the last eight years. You know what I mean? Like, I just like, from being a 23 year old to now I'm going on 32, like, it's just, uh, the cycles of life that have happened and like you said like I was gonna go the heck home like I did wasn't even gonna make it a year here and so um it's pretty crazy like where we're at now I think for sure I think was it during like at the end of Amara you almost thought about doing that going home going moving back home no it was it was oh, it was a little bit after that yeah, it was, um, I was working at the big corporation and I was, I was making pennies and I was living in an apartment that was way too expensive and, and I was just, 
didn't know what I was going to do. And I wasn't going to go back to Pennsylvania. I was going to go to South Carolina. But, um, but it, uh, like I said, I, I was going to go and I was really upset about it and I didn't want to go. And my friend Allie was like, Spencer, if you don't want to move, push. She's like, grind. She's like, you don't have to make this decision right now. Give it three months. Like, just try really hard. Look for new jobs. And I was like, I am. And she's like, look harder. And that's exactly what I did. And it was like, God bless her for saying, you don't want to go. Like, you're like, this isn't something you want to do. You are doing it because you feel like you have to and you have no other options. You have options. And, and literally, like, within... I would say a month I had a new gig was making enough to stay out here and I didn't have to go so then all the things started yeah. happening yeah, so. yeah. But. I think it's it's a part of growing up I also like I can't believe saying 30s even 40s like you as you get older you start to grow up and start to like oh fuck what am I still doing this kind of stupid shit over and over and over <laughs> and stuff like that yeah. That, that's that's me. Yeah. Know? I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely, like, puked on New Year's <laughs> TMI. But, like, uh-huh. I definitely still go... I'm still a little wild child at heart. Like, a little bit. But, like, definitely, like, when you met me, I was just... Like I said, I was this 24-year-old, like, I'm making a cookbook. I'm crazy. And I kind of was crazy. But, like, I've definitely... Like I said, I'm a different... I'm, I've, I was, like five different women in the past eight years that I've transformed into. We've been friends through all of them. Yeah, and I Clay, I think you're the only person who's been even self-published. Published. Yeah. You published. Published a book. Published a book. That's... Yeah. It's crazy because people ask me, they're like, how? And I was like, I don't know. I just, when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And it, don't get me wrong, it took me over three years to do. But I did it. And it was like, okay, you want to start... Like, I, I got into plants. Like, I went to Portland, got into plants. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start a plant Instagram. Started the Hazy House. Like, I don't... Like, I'm going to start Snack Wars. Started Snack Wars. Like, I just... Get these ideas. I don't and, know about snack wars. Oh, it only don't. It, there's only one or two okay, episodes right. of it, but okay. um, yeah, it was, it was. I did it, but not a lot of it. Now that I think about, it, I haven't seen like an update from Hazy House in a while. So no, maybe, yeah. no, it's too. It was too much. <laughs> like running three Instagram channels and a podcast and a like, it was just too much. So it just. But again, it was like, I, I don't know. Kind of, it's kind of like my pizza tattoo. It was like, hey. You want to go get a pizza tattoo? Yeah, let's do it. And then I do it. Like I don't. I know that's a silly example, but like, I don't. I don't. I don't him and haw. I kind of just. I'm like, all right, this is in my head. Like Spencer tries, so I was like, I want to do a lot of things. So I made a Spencer tries TikTok account and started trying. This is why things. I'm missing my not having TikTok. Yeah, you're missing a lot. <laughs> I, I feel like TikTok would like draw draw drive me down like another rabbit hole that I may not because Instagram's already bad enough yeah TikTok is a monster but it's and it's an amazing monster I've learned so much I love that I love that platform isn't TikTok like self-aware of what you like so they know their algorithms are insane like I'm on like a tiny miniature talk I'm on like witch talk I'm on like they get you down these rabbit holes and you're like I don't know how you know me but you know me like neurodivergent talk like like eventually in Instagram you'll eventually see something's like well, this is oh my I'll god! Instagram is all garbage for me. I, they don't they don't yeah. know me at all. It's I hate Instagram, but I feel like TikTok would definitely like make me feel really, really like the time would go by really quickly, or I would know. Shoot, I've lost all track of time. Yeah. So, let's talk about Blaze University you do with Allie. Yeah. Like, how'd that start? Um, Allie, so we used to go to Bay Days. Um, you, you've been invited, you're very aware that uh-huh. in San Diego, it's beautiful in the summer, it's beautiful all the time, but mm-hmm. um, every, every Saturday, Sunday, or either or, we would go to the Bay. And um, Allie and I would just monopolize the conversation. Like, <laughs> I, would, I would ask a question about, like, or we would be talking about movies, and then I would ask, like, we were talking about V is for Vendetta or whatever, V for Vendetta, mm-hmm. and this, the actual story of that. And we're stony baloney always, 
So Ali and I would get on these like educational topics or whatever, or I would be talking about marketing, or I would be talking about like um, special education and so on and so forth. And and our friends would be like, "You guys are so stupidly hilarious! Like you should start a podcast." And uh-huh. and Ali was like, "Well, I always like I always wanted to." And I was like, "I think we're funny as you know what, and I think it's hilarious." So we just started brainstorming about like, would people want to hear us like teach them things? You know what I mean? Like I know a lot of things about a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the d- idea just like slowly developed into get stoned and teach people things. And then it developed into us having to learn something and then teach it. So, so it wasn't like like some of our topics we we like we know pretty well. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to think. I can't even. I'm always so so like I said, Stony Baloney. But it just slowly developed. And then Ali was like, "Do you want to do it?" And I was like, "Yeah." And so we got together. We came up with a name. We bought the domain. We looked up like well, Ali giving Ali props. Yeah, she. Yeah looked up all of the stuff we needed and we bought all the stuff and did an episode and learned all we could about it and then started it. Started an Instagram. At, at first, like, reaction to it, you almost think it's, like, almost like drunk, drunk history. history. Yep. But you guys honestly want to learn new things. Yeah. As opposed to drunk history, they don't give a shit about whether they learn anything or not. It's just funny. Yeah. And for us... I think a real important part about it is that like um, we don't we teach in our own way like we or like we um, like I'm horrible at names I can't I butcher all names and that's fine but like Allie is like super long-winded and learns every single fact <laughs> and I can't remember anything at all but if you like the, my takeaways are always like funny takeaways that are like I think my first episode was on like the history of the high five like I really like um, stupid not to say stupid topics but like topics that interest me are like the history of the high five um, the Macy's Day parade like very random whereas I Allie, really like that one. Allie yeah. does like Van Gogh and dreams and like and I do sort of um, wackier like interesting topics like Dr. Seuss and and so we have very different sort of like learning styles and teaching styles but um, but it's hard it was very hard work it like learning like there we got to a point where we kind of had to stop because it was like we went from doing every other week episodes to once a week drops and learning we weren't learning things we were just writing down facts and I think the quality went down a little bit um, because we were just pushing too hard Um, and another thing is that like total transparency is like I had already self-published a book like I had already created a business and went through that process and the hellishness that it is and Allie very much wanted um, wanted Belize University to be a business and I at first had hobby energy for it Mm -hmm. like I was like this is something fun this is something fun to do but like the three-hour content days the three-hour recordings the editing the paying the for the platforms like I had done all of that already and I didn't have the energy for that so we had to take a little bit of like a break to um to kind of reconvene because like it was just I mean, I was also, again, full transparency, I was also going through it in 2020, like, as we started the podcast, um, right as COVID was starting, yeah. and then, like, I I was just, I was like, I didn't know which way my life was going, up or down, or if I was going to move to South Carolina, how are we going to do a, a podcast from two different coasts, yeah. like, it was a lot, so we took a little hiatus and siesta. I, I know um, what that feels like because <laughs> when I started this podcast, I rushed every week to make, I think I did 10 episodes, eight Holy episodes. Crap. And I just felt like this was more of a job again. And it's like, so I took the rest of the year off in yep. 2021 and then started up, but I want to do everything quality-esque and stuff. But yeah. yeah. It, it, it was it stops being fun. It's like not a passion project anymore. Yeah, it was it was definitely becoming like Allie and I were meeting every single week, editing every single week, and then doing content four hour blocks every single week. Yeah. So that for me, on top of and again, I was at a new company too. Mm-hmm. So it was like 
I life was just tackling but it was fun like Ali and I have really great chemistry again we both both bring really different things to the table uh -huh. so it was just like we counterbalance each other really well um, and it was uh, it was a fun adventure it was really um, it, yeah, yeah. I, 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 when I listen to episodes I go <laughs> I just laugh like, like, you guys are going off on this trail it's like no, 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 and I, I shout, shout to my, my car radio because I or my phone. It's like, no, 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 it's this, it's this, it's, no, it's that. No, I, I don't think that's true. I, was I like, think, yeah, <laughs> and I think we get, I think we annoy a lot of people because we we will be talking about something and then we'll go off on a tangent and we'll never go back. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, you, but that's the part of the, but that's, that's the fun University. of it. Exactly. You're gonna forget what your training exactly. Was, yeah. And it and it was so funny because um, my motto or like what became my funny motto was like Spencer teaches. 75% fact and then, <laughs> and, then, and then when I came back it dropped to 60 uh, and then it's like it was it got it was it was such a fun it was so fun it was um honestly I learned nothing <laughs> so that's, that's no like, you're supposed to be learning know, something after like 20 episodes I um and in learning 20 plus different topics I mm -hmm. can honestly say that I remember nothing from any of them but, but I guess that's like part of the being being ripped but um well i hope you learned a little bit about cancer i sure did that is one of the i i have a hard time re-listening to episodes because like i can't listen to myself so it's a little cringy but i do re-listen to that one i i've learned to like the sound of my Get voice that, by, yeah. by having to edit this stuff mm -hmm. all the time but yeah when i listened it's like i should do an episode on cancer and then like just basic biology to understand cancer stuff and i was like can I, should I go on their podcast and not be stoned, but teach some a little bit of something? Because this is not really my specialty. It's yeah. like, like I, I'm an engineer, but I do work in different places to have to learn about the different scientific yeah. fact about the industry I work in. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I could, but, and I just, during I work, they always have these like, every two weeks like this biology series mm -hmm. to teach you what they do with a company. So I, I took the th first two or three um, seminars and just studied those, Googled and studied. So I, I prepared heavily before. It and showed. I, and I still screwed up a little bit, a bit of it. Hey, um, it happens. But wanted to teach you guys just to like. No, we did learn a lot. I did learn a lot. And yeah. um, one question that was open-ended was, what happens to the cells that die? Uh huh. So yeah. So people that don't know, I was on your your, your podcast yes. teaching about the science of cancer, and I didn't know what happens to the the little the cell has a whole bunch of components in yeah. it, and it, when, it, when the cell dies, it kind of just dissipates. Uh huh. But there's recycling, so when new cells are made, they take those parts and make new cells with those. Oh, with, with that's interesting. I learned that from. <laughs> My my my, your... science, my scientific friends and stuff. Yeah, that's so After fun. they listen to us, like, well, duh, this happens. Like, I don't remember that biology. Was so, that was so ago. funny because we went. I remember I went down the track of like they go to the kidneys and they say, "Doot doot, you're dying. You gotta get off." And it goes through your pee. That was my yeah. solution. So I was like, shoot, I don't know this, and I, that was my biggest fear of like appearance, like not knowing or no, getting you, wrong, um, wrong you, info. It was very smart. You were a, a, a great guest speaker. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely a switch up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are we doing okay over here? Yeah, yeah we're you're good. lovely. Thank, Thank you. you so much. All right. Um, yeah, th that definitely um, was a great episode. I was just so scared. Though. I was like, I, I studied. But the thing is, is that. again, you're coming on to, to yeah. a podcast <laughs> that only presents sixty percent fact. Yeah, exactly. So I thought I was ahead of the curve, but still, yeah. I didn't want to like be wrong in the info I was giving and stuff yeah. like that. It was it was definitely awesome. I mean, like we um, got nominated for. Um, like for best pod cannabis podcast of the year and um cool. we didn't win but um definitely like we we pushed we pushed hard uh -huh. and i mean by we i mean mostly Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> she it but like again so i came from i came from doing content for 420 cookbook every single day creating a cookbook sending out cookbooks paying for everything, doing sales taxes, having like a sole proprietor business, like and and creating content all on my own. 
to taking a break than to Blaze University. And I was contented out. Like, I was, um, it takes so, it, like, I didn't have the vigor to push. You know what I mean? I was, like, begrudgingly dragging my feet to, to do content. And, like, it was just, it knocks it out of you. You know what I mean? And, like, it's a full-time job all of that like if you want something like that to be a success it takes I mean like we didn't mind having like 40 or 50 listeners but at one point we were ha- we had like 500 uh, a down like a da- like a, the minute we downloaded or uploaded so like really yeah wow. yeah we had like listeners in France and we had listeners like all over the world and that was just because posting every day TikTok like the TikTok community like we had it's I don't want to say it's easy to go viral on TikTok, but we had like a couple viral TikToks. Like we had one that got like twenty four thousand views within the first like four hours, and so that really propelled us to go push harder. But like I said, I had already. You I, are well familiar with I, the, the, the dynamics, the it, metrics of this. Exactly, yeah. and I, uh, like I said, I was just I was depleted. I was done for for a while, so I needed to step away. So, but. We're back. We were back, but I don't know for how much longer. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's you need topics and you need like the motivation to do it and stuff. But yeah, if we get any more of those, it'll be great and stuff. And like this this podcast, I'm. You do it because it's fun. I do it because it's fun. It helps with my public speaking. Yeah. Um, it helps me be more confident when I public speak during like those Zoom meetings that I have. Yeah. Many, many, that's many. Very, that's Zoom interesting. I'm a horrible public speaker. I'm, and it, that should be surprising with how much I go live. I find it surprising because I feel like I, great. I am. It's interesting because like I got on a sales meeting on Monday, and I know the campaign that I was presenting like the back of my hand ran it I can talk about it internally I can talk about it to other small teams but it was to like the CMO and the CFO and these big wigs are on the call and I literally the minute I said can you see my screen they said yes I went blank I forgot how to read like I was even trying to read the slides and I was swallowing and you could hear me swallow. You could oh. hear me stutter. I don't know what happens to me, but it has something to do with authority or something. I don't know. But like I did horrible in speech class. But as me, me, the talker, the like the the persona or whatever that I was for mm-hmm. however long, um, I have that confidence. But for some reason when it comes to public speaking and presenting in front of like important people or I like but but I can present to other teams no problem but I don't know there's something something happens to me I did horrible well I got an A but like my speeches were very I stutter through my speeches I shake I'm not good at at public speaking for me I just have to remind myself to speak slowly because when I rush it's when I start to like grasp for like those filler words like um ah uh, uh, I forget like how to, I forgot how to read on oh, Monday yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I was, like I was like oh sugar I don't know what I'm freaking talking about <laughs> granted I granted I got engaged on or Tuesday so granted I got engaged on Monday so yeah, maybe yeah. that was like a little I was a little off because of that but like um but I on Tuesday I got up there and it was like all right just read the slides just read what's on the slide like if you can't remember what at all you're talking about just read what's on the slide and I couldn't even read oh my god it was so it uh, and I'm my you're your biggest critic you know so like it was probably harder for me and seemed more crazy for me but I do a podcast I do I like am all over the place so I don't know what happens to me but for me it's like I mentioned this during this whole my episode about talking with kids and during online learning for some reason, on a Zoom, because all my interviews were through Zoom uh-huh. or online based or doing a presentation, for some reason, I, if I don't see the faces, I'm more comfortable. Like in a Zoom, I'm staring at the little, like, little, my, my computer camera, yeah. and I'm just staring at it, and that's less um, intimidating than seeing people's faces yeah. in the room where I'm doing the same kind of presentation. Yeah. For some reason, I just kind of like, whoa. I'm just talking to my camera there. I don't see the faces or anything like that. And it's it's, com- it's crazy though because I'm in other meetings and I command them, but um, for some reason, like I said, if you get me in a room with people who I who are supposed to be important, mm-hmm. ugh, something happens. 
Yeah. Yeah, I um, I also think that like my I've always been like I've always been someone who suffer for, suffers from anxiety. I've always been a, as my mother called me when I was a child a worry wart. Uh-huh. So my my anxiety has met- has metastasized. That's not the right word. Uh-huh. My anxiety has um, taken different forms throughout my life, um, and um, has taken different forms. And I think that um, I have been able to um, to have a like handle it differently as I like uh, I'm a huge supporter of therapy so I have been in therapy for seven years so like I um as as I adapt to my anxiety I think that when I smoke I let my guard down and my intrusive thoughts come back and my um my obsessive thoughts and my overthinking it like it's like oh you let your like oh you smoke you let your guard down and then um and I'm not saying that like I shouldn't like whatever but but like I'm not saying that I should let my shouldn't let my guard down or whatever that's hard for me but like when I smoke I find myself in my head a lot more and it's just not helpful it doesn't feel good it's not it I don't like to obsess over things and so why smoke if it's going to make me feel that way so you know um I don't think I really told people this but I think near the in the summer I did um I did What's the, um, shoot, what is the, what's the, the counseling thing that people do? EMDR? No, no, there's this counseling. Like be- my be- body. Be- better help, better help. Yeah. I did better help for like two, three months or so. Did it help? Um, <laughs> I felt like I was trying to, I was internalizing like my, my, my issues or something like that. And I think after a while, I think maybe I was looking at how much money was spending on this kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. But having, I think I, I think I'm better suited for like a monthly check-in as opposed to a weekly yeah, check-in. Yeah, I am. I am at every other week now. Yeah, I can't. But there's not there's not much progress made every week if I did that. No, That's and the other thing, so like I had tried therapy. Like I had a therapist when I was a kid, and I had, and she sucked. And then I had tried therapy when I was in um, college, and that ther- the therapist was like, "There's nothing wrong with you. You seem very well adjusted to me." And I'm like, oh, "Like you suck. Like yeah. you okay? Like." telling me I'm fine I had another therapist so I then I met I came out here and I met Corey my therapist and he was phenomenal but he was $170 a session out of pocket yeah and I was going every week so $170 every week my grandmother helped me pay for it my mom helped me pay for it like um so again we can talk about like mental health in our fucking country trying to get mental health um work done is is it's crazy but um so I stopped seeing him for a couple years I went to another guy and the other guy was like you seem like you've got it all going on like do you want a workbook and I'm like no I'm coming to you because I'm having severe depression and issues yeah 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 and then I ended up going back to Corey and I've been seeing Corey for the past year or so every other week and again I'm paying $160 a session and that is his like uh his your broke rate that's his like I've like his not real rate. And so, I feel like your therapist is probably better than the ones I find on better. Well, health. yes. And so that's the thing that, that, that's the thing that a lot of people give up. A lot of people give up because they see a therapist and they're, it's not the right fit and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then they don't go try someone else and they don't keep searching. They kind of just give up because after, after college, after I had that bad experience with that one who was like, you're fine. You're awesome. Yeah. Sounds like you've got a great life. I was like, well, okay, I guess I don't need help. So, um, I it took into, until I found a good therapist mm-hmm. and then I held the heck on to him until I couldn't afford it anymore and then I went to someone else and they suck so once you f- you have to find that person yeah. uh, do you want me to take these two away or yeah sure yes, please, thank, thank you, thank you. Um, that's yeah a lot of people don't do that work and, and they don't know they have to do that work they think they're going to go to therapy and then you just it just fits it just works it just they yeah. it's like there's so like again i went to school for human development and family studies so i went to school to try and be a therapist then i realized i didn't want to deal with other people's problems but yeah. um there are so many different types of therapy like behavioral therapy wouldn't work for me um emdr does work for me like um there are different types of therapy like freud like there's freudian therapists there's um there's a cog- cognitive behavioral. There's all kinds of different therapy out there, and um, people practice differently. Like, 
I've I've been to some shit therapists and been like this I know I need help and I know I'm I have trauma and I have anxiety and I'm neurodivergent and I have all of these issues. Yeah. And why aren't you helping? Why isn't this helping? Like what? I don't. So I, I always say test it out. I'm a huge supporter of therapy. I just think you have to find what works for you. Yeah. So I think all the better help counselors I've had either are just not giving me enough things to challenge myself. Like I've gotten great tips and stuff, but being with them every week, there's not going to be much change from week to week about yeah. what's different about me. And also felt like I felt like better help is cheaper than yeah. regular traditional like therapy sessions, and I just felt like they're not challenging because they probably see a whole bunch of people yeah. repeatedly and stuff, and it just wasn't helping. So I stopped it after a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I don't know if you know this, but I'm hardly in any kind of personal relationships like, like stuff. I haven't been in a relationship in a while now and stuff, yeah. and it just I, I feel like that's in my own headspace. I've had like a lot of weird family trauma in my life which caused me not to be very open and seeking out those things and I've shared that with certain therapists and stuff like that it just and they gave me a lot of like tips about like I get nervous meeting new people Mm -hmm. and I start to like thinking of worst case scenarios like do you think I'm weird like why am I looking for like a match or like kind of like connection and stuff at this age my age of 46 And it's just like, and I just, and they, they've given me a lot of like, well, some people, it's like, like play out the scenarios, like what's the worst that they can think of and stuff. Yeah. And then use that immediately, like squash that feeling in your head yeah. or something like that. So that's great. But meeting them every week and sharing, there's nothing going to be much change. No. And, and the thing is, is you also, it takes like me making a connection with the therapist because like, I didn't like... As someone who um, used to, like, again, very vulnerable, but, like, I had so much trauma and so much um, people-pleasing. Like, I wanted people to like me and people-pleasing that, like, I didn't open up to my therapist about anything for, like, the first, like, year or two. Like, I didn't get to, like, any nitty-gritty, but, like, this stuff was eating me up inside. And and to this day, I've been seeing Corey since for seven years now, like, on and off. And, um... And we're just now going back to stuff that I talked to him about six years ago and then put a lid on. You know what I mean? So, like, and and this is, and I'm, like, talking about, like, childhood trauma that, like, I thought I had dealt with that, like, like, manifests itself in other ways. And, like, and... And right now I'm in a healthy, happy relationship. But, like, from relational trauma and stuff like that, like, it shows up in the craziest ways. And then, and I don't know, like... Yeah, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have, like, a sounding board to, like, work through that. And, like, it just, um, like I said, being a people pleaser, it was, like, I wanted my therapist to like me. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want my therapist to, like, yeah. it was it was tough. And it was tough to get into, like, the root of it. And also, like, sometimes therapists, like, you need homework. Like, sometimes you have to ask your therapist, like, I need things to do. Like, I need worksheets I need and some therapists I did don't appreciate do worksheets and yeah. things like that that the therapist gave me but it's just doing that every week and like it was too much I had nothing to share nothing, yeah. nothing to share like yeah. I'm doing fine there's nothing new yeah. to share and stuff like yeah. that yeah but it takes a certain amount of vulnerability too to like cause yeah. like maybe you don't have anything that's happening in your brain like that's so EMDR is um is this really cool therapy your mm-hmm. viewers should look it up um it's like a trauma-based therapy about like how to um change the neuro pathways like okay so like say you have a traumatic event happen when you're a kid and that traumatic event can be like associated to like a knot in your back yeah, yeah. And it's a knot. And so pretend it's like a knot in your brain. So there are signals that are trying to get through that trauma and it's like bouncing off the trauma. So it's basically like putting a lid on a jar and you're not processing anything. Like you haven't processed it at all. You haven't like, uh, it, it's just there and it just exists. Mm-hmm. And it's hindering you from moving on. So this EMDR therapy is supposed to change basically the way that your brain works. And as you not necessarily relive trauma or whatever, because it's not like there EMDR is like a, it, it, there's varying levels of EMDR. Yeah. But um, but the stuff, some of the stuff that I have done is like you start talking about a trigger and it leads you through these sort of vines Mm -hmm. and you reprocess the trauma in a different way so that the knot alleviates and then signals start going through it differently so say you have like 
trauma with your mom or whatever. And your mom is someone who like pushes, like is the monkey that pushes the button for food. And and when she's pushing the button, pushing the button, pushing the button, you're having this signal and it's a horrible ass signal in your brain. Well, EMDR can help you sift through that, process it, get through it, see it in different ways and then when that person is pushing that button pushing that button pushing that button doesn't you don't have the same response and then maybe that person yeah and you could get that and you could get maybe that person stops pushing the button so much like there's just a lot it's emdr it's awesome i suggest everyone who has any kind of trauma or any needs any kind of therapy looks into it because they have um it's to the level of like where they'll do like electrode stuff for like OCD mm-hmm. and like reprocessing o- like OCD habits and things like that. It's pretty, it's crazy. It's pretty cool. But, um, it's amazing. I did not know about that. I'm definitely looking at it. Yeah. It, um, it is very petrifying. Like it's, it's scary. Like I, I've, like I said, I've processed through a lot of, um, trauma or like I thought I processed a lot of trauma back in the day working with Corey and, um, and the thought of like opening up some of those, because we talked, so this, again, this is what happened, was we talked about um, how I have like, every person has like a life narrative, like their life is a narrative, and I have huge blackouts in my narrative. And now that I'm in a healthy, happy relationship, I need to learn how to be vulnerable, but how do I be vulnerable and how do I share with another person if half of my story is blackouts that I haven't looked at, haven't processed? I thought that like, like whatever happened to me back then or whatever this thing like doesn't equate to me now but like trying to be someone who's sharing and open and honest and like more in touch with my authentic self um I had I started to look at these blackouts and then I started to like uh memory started to fire in my head and I was like oh no like excuse me like obsessive thoughts about things that had happened like once I opened the floodgate it was like, I don't have any place to process this. Like, I don't have any place to put this. Because I had tasked myself with, like, st- writing down, like, 1 through 32 and writing down my life story. But as I started to open those doors and open those wounds, I was like, oh, God. Like, I'm just opening this and I don't have any, I don't have any help. I don't know how to, like, I'm just thinking about it and thinking about it. So that's when my therapist re-brought up EMDR. So that, like, it's like a focused it's a more of a focus like not so much on my own uh-huh. homework assignment it's a focused like task success like a successful way of processing so that it's not like i just open up all of these old wounds and then i don't know what to do with them it's like i open it and i deal with it and i, I get through it i think one of the therapists gave me like scenarios of if this happens start thinking this to kind of tell the voice in your head to stop talking yeah. or something like that yeah yeah Yeah, it's um, the other thing about EMDR that my therapist says is that, which I really like, is that like when you're in um, a session, like an EMDR session, once you're done with that session, yeah, thanks. Once you're done with that session, you um, you take everything you talked about and you put it in a box and you lock the box. And then you don't deal with it again until you go to therapy the next time. So, like, that has been very helpful because, like I said, like, I left and I was thinking about my narrative and all of this stuff was coming up in between sessions. And it's like, no, this is something that you do in therapy and you deal with in therapy. And when you're not in therapy, it's not something – it's in a box. You know exactly where that box is. You know exactly what – that box, you have the key in your pocket. And you know that you're going to open that up and you're going to be ready to process it with someone safe and in a safe environment the next time. That has been very helpful too because like I would leave therapy and then all I would be doing is like I said obsessing about this thing that I just like I'm a obsessor yeah so that has been really helpful so I don't know I love therapy I think everyone should be in therapy people sometimes to the point like I know I've annoyed Nick where I'm like you should go to therapy and he's like I don't need it and I'm like everybody needs it (laughs) I know I should be in therapy but I don't think I need it every week yeah. Every, every, every yeah totally I think I believe in couples therapy I believe in checkups I believe it's like your mind, health it's health like yeah. you go to the doctor for a checkup your brain needs a checkup so I'm glad we're friends me too <laughs> like I cannot believe our friendship has evolved to this point yeah like I thought I just I'm happy to know you as a person ditto ditto like I just 
didn't imagine it'd be this deep. I know, and it's funny because it was like I, I again just got engaged, and I know it's silly, but it was like you were like number four on my list. Like it was when, like and, and, and five, six, seven. Whoever listens to this, we'll yeah, like, we'll, we'll publish this in about a week. Probably, yeah, but, yeah. So I'm um, hopefully you're gonna tell everyone else. Too. Yeah, they'll, they'll, everyone else will know tonight and tomorrow, yeah. and then yeah. you'll publish it in a week, so yeah. it'll be fine. But it will um, be a surprise to them. Yes, it's a point. surprise right now. No yeah. one knows besides you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and my I, family. I, I just learned like two hours ago. I'm like, yeah. I'm like um, so happy. I'm yeah. so happy for you. But I do think it's interesting. I didn't, we have lost touch with a lot of people, or at least I have lost touch with a lot of people. A lot of friends have come and gone, and mm. you and I have just sort of kept this sort of steadfast friendship. And we connected originally on food and on random, random things, and then we just evolved into like, you like doing this. I like doing this. You want to cut like I was have always been that person that in, in more, the more the merrier. But I you're just, always you've I just always loved been your down. energy. I loved your energy and vibe. I don't know why. Yeah. What what what? But just you just seem very happy. And I know you were like maybe a lot a little bit of pain back when I first met you or something like that. And go and working through things. Yeah. But your vibe and your like energy and stuff was what made me think. I think Spencer is a very very special person. And there's a lot of like cool stuff that yeah. I'll get to know about her as I get to know more about her and stuff. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't think we were going to be great friends, but we, we managed. I, yeah. Same way is that, like, we always have we always have a nice time together. We always have something to talk about. We don't skip a beat. Like, there's just, we genuinely, like I said, it's, we, we have connection. We've connected on many different things and many different levels. So, like, our friendship is, is uh, was a surprise, but a very a great one. You know what I yeah. mean? And I'm glad that, like, through all of the, the ebbs and flows of what? So if we were to 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, seven years, yeah. <laughs> we've, we've, we've managed to keep connected. Even, yeah. even after months and months of. And that's to other people that I've lost a lot of different friends for just moving to San Diego, but I know it takes, it takes work and just keeping tabs. And keeping yeah. Touch. That's the thing is that like, We'll random text each other after yeah. a couple, like, couple months, couple weeks. Yeah, random yeah, yeah. Text. I'll see and something. I'll like just text you about. Yeah, me. yeah, and it was something will remind me of you, and I'll message you, or something will remind me of me, and we'll message each other. And I think that that will continue whether we're in the same state, yeah. same city, same country. I think we'll always continue to not even just be Facebook friends, but like, hey, come to South Carolina, or hey, like I'm in San Diego, or oh, hey, I will go to South Carolina visit. Yes, do that. please do. If I do move there, yeah, and another surprise for people who don't know. Me, me. Maybe, 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 maybe. down the road, down the yeah, road. Yeah, down the road. Nothing that's happening now, but yeah. Well, this was fun. We're gonna have like a hug on podcast. <laughs> a hug on podcast. Oh, uh, love you dearly. Social Dragonfly is created, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Lee. It is made with Adobe software. It is hosted by Anchor, a Spotify company. Special thanks to Aduro the band who gave me permission to use their music.